0: Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Romans chapter 15, verses 22 through 33, and it is Friday's podcast. And today, I am blessed to be joined by Philip. Philip, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing good. I'm inside. Yes, it is good. And just in Alabama, (laughs) it's good to be inside today, I will tell you that. Good day for air conditioners. Um, Good day to be out of the elements. And today we turn to, Philip, this is our last reading from Romans. We're not going to get into chapter 16, but this is the last reading from this book. And we have gone through uh, some difficult passages, but today we come to one where Paul's kind of wrapping up. His, his kind of mission, why he wrote this book in, in one regard, uh, trying to get the, the church at Rome straight and get them ready for a mission that he has planned, we'll talk about in just a minute, and this maybe future visit he'll have at Rome. And so these are kind of his closing remarks and closing prayer, so to speak, and requests from the Roman Christians. And with all that said, I'm going to read through the passage from the English Standard Version, and then we'll get to our discussion with Philip. This is the reason why I've often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you, once I've enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Now, Philip, many times we have our plans and God has different plans for us. And I think we see that here with Paul in this reading and closing. Could you elaborate on that idea?
1: Well, I don't want to take anything away from Paul. Um, I, I believe he had the mind of God and, and wanted to do God's will. And and God has been with him on all these journeys and rescued him occasionally and, and seen him through. And he, he sort of has an idea about what he's doing. He's already made the, Statement that he doesn't want to build on another man's foundation. He he doesn't want to go to a church. That's already started He he wants to go preach the gospel where it hasn't been preached and he's running out of He's running out of room to do that and the only place left for him to go would be Africa and the West and he chooses uh, the West and so his idea is to go to Spain And he intends to use Rome as a launching pad to personally project him over into Spain so that he can do this preaching where it hasn't been preached. The problem with that is, is God had a different plan and it was also God's plan to use Rome as a launching pad, but not to launch Paul, but to launch the gospel. And so he's going to send Paul to Rome to build up the church because out of Rome, there's access into every parts of the world that the gospel can go. And so God is really doing what Paul is wanting to do, but he just has a different, he has a different plan. Sometimes, you know, we have our plan and we think it's a good plan and a godly plan. And, and we may be disappointed when it doesn't come out the way we thought. We may not understand it. It's just that, God knows us. He knows a situation that we don't know, and his plan may be different. We need to be ready like Paul. When Paul finally does get to Rome, circumstances are totally different than what he expected, but he doesn't argue about that. He doesn't say, hey, God, wait a minute, you know, I was supposed to go to Spain. What's going on there? He begins to, and as you mentioned earlier, I mean, We're told that it was unfettered. I mean, he just had, God provided him open access for the first time to just preach the gospel. And who knows how many thousands of people eventually heard the good news from Paul's house.
0: It's amazing when you think about it, too, just what you've said so well, this idea that Paul really had the mind of God and wanting to take the gospel to people. He probably never imagined it would be under house arrest that he would come to Rome. He he probably didn't think. Well, like you mentioned before we came on air, uh, there were warnings given to him by prophets. He knew that, and there were some, you can tell even in this passage, there is some concern that he may not make it out of Judea alive, really. Um, He was in peril when he got there, but the fact that he gets to Rome and he preaches unfettered, Acolytos under the nose of Caesar right there in his backyard and preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ in Rome. And as you said, I think we forget sometimes these geographical locations are so important to Paul. You You have Antioch as kind of the base for the Eastern operation. And then you have Rome now will be this launching pad for the gospel to go westward. And we know from history, that's exactly what happens. He, you know, obviously builds this church up in its faith and strengthens it by reading when you read through Romans, some of the issues they were having, they are having great issues. So this church is built up, and it will become a vehicle for the gospel. It just won't be Paul doing it going to Spain. And if history is correct, Paul will lose his life uh, in Rome. I think it's tradition says he had his head cut off uh, because he was a Roman citizen. And so at this time, when he arrives in Rome under house arrest, it will be untimely because Nero's persecution will start pretty soon. So if if history and tradition is correct.
1: Well, you know, it's, it, Paul makes it sound like he, he thinks he may have a problem getting out of Rome to Spain. Uh and it was a lot bigger problem getting out than he thought it was. going to be. <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> uh, yeah. And I think he also was concerned. He wasn't going to get to Rome because he didn't know what was going to happen. And he knew he was going to be in conflict in Jerusalem because that, that was a known thing that he was going to be in conflict with the, in Jerusalem. And, and as I mentioned to you, he, he hadn't sent this letter to Rome. I don't think the ink was dry before he ran into a prophet that said, Hey, You got one idea, but let me tell you something, when you get to to Jerusalem, you're going to be bound up and shipped off. Yeah. And uh, that's totally not in your plan, but that's God's plan. So Paul had to do a little shift of thinking uh, about how things were going to be done. And he's not the only person in the history of God's people who found out that their plan was not exactly the one. That God had in mind, you know. There are prophets who thought they were the only ones left, and uh, turned out God had thousands. Yeah, prophets. They didn't know about.
0: Yes, Amen. I love the story of Elijah, where said he's under the broom tree, I think, and he just wants to die. And uh, God said, "You know what? There's seven thousand have not bowed the knee to Bell Elijah. So I've got some folks still, some people around that that are still faithful."
1: Yeah,
0: we we think we know.
1: We're so smart. We know so much. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. We don't, We barely know our own names.
0: Amen. And we get humbled all the time. And uh, this, and it does make me feel better to see a guy like Paul that was so in tune with God's will, and so in tune with what God wanted, that his change, his plans had to change at times, just like ours do. And we have to be faithful and trust God and know God in His infinite wisdom. He He has a plan and. We're part of that plan, and uh, we have to just be okay when things don't go the way we want them to, to want them to go. As Paul obviously didn't have things go the way he wanted to. But one thing we talked about Philip before uh, we came on to record, I thought it was so timely. Um, I want to just talk to you a little bit about, you know, as we look at our news feed on social media, or if you're watching, you know, whatever television news station you want to watch. It seems like things are coming unraveled. Why is verse 33 so important for us right now, you think, as Christian people?
1: Well, I would start by saying I I think this verse is reminding us that God is the God of peace. When you're the God of something, it means you're you're in control of that. Uh, Peace is controlled by God. He's the one who creates peace, who gives peace. If he gives you peace, no power on this earth can take that peace away from you. And if it doesn't give you peace, there's no power on this earth that can give it to you. So when when he makes that statement, uh, may the God of peace be with you all, I, I immediately thought about the fact, well, we've, we've got all kind of things happening in our country right now that seem to be robbing us of peace. Uh, the, the pandemic virus has everyone scared the riots the killings uh the, the lawlessness uh, i i watched the scene on tv where a lady was beating the chief of police of new york city over the head with a with a baseball bat or something similar and that's just unbelievable And so, here we are in the middle of all this this terrible unrest, and we are forgetting that if we're God's children, in spite of all that unrest, we have peace. And that unrest is going on, no matter what happens, it cannot rob us of our peace, because God is in control of it. He's the God of peace. And if he gives, Jesus said... I'm gonna give you peace, not like the world gives. And to be honest, the world doesn't give much peace. No, it doesn't. I, I, I lived through, I was alive in World War II. I was alive for the, the Korean War and the Vietnam War and the Cold War, I served in the Cold War. I went to Desert Storm, and uh, it, it, there's been something going on in Iran, Iraq, or Afghanistan ever since. And so there is no peace in this world, no. and there's no peace in New York City or Seattle or Portland or Atlanta, and, and there's no peace on anybody's street that doesn't come from God. When you try to find peace someplace else, you're just fooling yourself. And I just like the way he phrases it, because he says the God of peace, and, and uh, it doesn't just mean that God is peaceful, it means that he controls peace, he's the God of it.
0: Right. I think that's so important. You said something earlier that I thought was really powerful. You said that a person's heart can be troubled by what they see, but they still can have deep peace. You know, you could be troubled at the situation of the world, sin, chaos, um, you know, anarchy, violence. It could trouble you, but you still have deep abiding peace. That can't be taken from you if it comes from God. No external takes that away, oh. have that from God.
1: No, and and you know, you, you can be cast down and all of that sort of stuff, but you can't be defeated because you're on the winning side. And and uh, so yes, your heart can be troubled. It can be trouble for your children, for your grandchildren, for the safety of others, or it can be trouble from the images. But internally, the peace that God gives you, knowing that your sins are forgiven and that you're gonna live with him forever and eternity none of that can destroy that promise of peace. Amen. You keep that in your heart. And that helps us maintain our sanity. What we see where a lot of people are committing suicide under all of this distress, stress. And I don't think a person who, who is under God's peace will do that. That's just my fault. That God's peace would keep us from so despairing that we we want to take our life because we know that we're ultimately going to win.
0: Yeah, the good the thing is, is we know how the story ends. We're going to lose.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, we, sir.
0: We've got the ending. Well, Philip, once again, this has been a, a blessing with your, your great insight on this passage, too. A passage a lot of people might have just read through and not realized there was a lot of application, really, uh, here as Paul closes out this address to the church at Rome. And Philip, I want to just say to our listeners, um, I know this this comes from you too, but as verse 33 says, May the God of peace be with you all. And Philip, may the God of peace be with you, my friend. You too. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much for today.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, sir. God bless you. And next week it'll be Philip and Devin together. So the space-time continuum may rip apart. I don't know.
1: People I don't just, know. Just got used to us. <laughs> But it would just be for be a week. The young and the old be the young and the ancient what? It? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it'll be for a week. I'll be going on vacation, but uh Philip and Devin are gonna hold down the fort. So that'll be good. Philip, thank you so much, brother. God bless you. Thank you. All right, bye bye.